0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 2nd, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Constitution protects a wide range of individual rights, but the Supreme Court has chosen to protect some rights more than others. Tim Sanford argues it's time to reassert the principles of the Constitution through properly understanding the Declaration of Independence. His book, The Conscience of the Constitution, is available at Cato.org.
1: I think the Declaration of Independence is the guide star of how we, we, we interpret terms in the constitution that might otherwise be ambiguous. So for example, the constitution refers to due process of law, it refers to the blessings of liberty, it refers to the people of the United States and what these terms mean can really only be understood in the broader context of the philosophical and pol- political achievements of the 18th century. And what are those? The the idea that government exists for the sake of the governed, that the primary concern is protecting individual freedom and that from that freedom, we derive the authority to create a government which uh, is is run by the consent of the governed. The big problem that we have – Uh, uh, have – the problem that we have managed to get ourselves into as far as constitutional interpretation is concerned today is that we have this notion that democracy is the centerpiece of our constitution and that the whole point of our form of government is to allow the majority will to prevail. And what the Declaration of Independence in league with the constitution demonstrate is that that's backwards. The reason for democracy is only to protect individual liberty and liberty – is the 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 standard by which we determine whether democracy is healthy or not?
0: Let's talk about some contemporary issues and how we ought to think about them with respect to the to the Constitution. First, uh, the National Security Agency. We've watched over the over our summer and fall. We've learned the degree to which, essentially, Americans' rights have been violated. How are we to think about that in light of? what uh, the founder's vision.
1: Yeah, I would say that that and Obamacare and other kinds of expansions of government that we've been debating over the past year or two years, I think they all have the common theme that a lot of of people, especially in the political class, say, well, if this is what the people or the people's representatives want, then it's OK, as long as the majority supports these kinds of things. And what the Constitution says, especially in light of the Declaration of Independence, is no. The primary concern is protecting individual liberty. And the majority has no right to override individual rights in the way that these kinds of programs do. Uh, In this book, you have a chapter called In Defense
0: of Substantive Due Process. Uh, During – I believe it was the McDonald case, uh, Mm -hmm. the Chicago gun case. Uh, We had Antonin Scalia, I believe – essentially saying, even I have acquiesced to this idea That's right. of substantive due process. Whether or not his heart was in it is is another uh, di- uh, subject, but uh, a lot of libertarians saw that and just were shaking their heads, very upset that Antonin Scalia, you would think somebody who would would reject this idea. What is the idea? and why do you defend it?
1: Well, to begin with, the McDonald case, the court was presented with the opportunity to overrule the Slaughterhouse Cases and restore the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment to its full force. And I argue in the book that 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 would have been the correct route to take. The Privileges or Immunities Clause was supposed to be the primary protection for individual liberty under the Constitution. Unfortunately, a lot of conservatives and even some libertarians have also gone on to say, well, the the idea of substantive due process is wrong and and should be abandoned, and they, like Justice Scalia said, well, we're stuck with it, but substantive due process is a bad idea. And that's completely wrong. The idea of substantive due process is a central part of our Constitution. It is the correct reading of the due process clause. And what is the theory of substantive due process? It's Substantive due process is the idea that the, the clause of the Constitution that says no person can be deprived of liberty without due process of law prohibits the government from taking away certain kinds of rights at all, that even... Even if they pass a, a law for that purpose, it is simply unconstitutional for the government to take away these kinds of rights or to act in this particular way. So what
0: does what substantive due process mean if not at, – at its most basic
1: level, I'm thinking – No kangaroo courts. That's correct. And the reason why is because due process of law, a lot of people forget those last two words, due process of law means non-arbitrary government, a government that doesn't work simply because the rulers say it should do such and such or or act on on arbitrary whim. And that has both procedural and substantive aspects to it. Procedurally, it means that you have the right to a hearing or a trial before they take away your, your liberty. But substantively, it also means the government doesn't have the right to arbitrarily deprive view of your individual rights. That is, it, it doesn't have the right to take away your freedom for no good reason. And then, of course, the question is, what is a good reason? And to answer that question, we have to consult the Declaration of Independence and the principles of individual liberty that animated the founding fathers when they wrote both of these documents.
0: Clark Neely at
1: the Institute for Justice has written
0: uh, a book recently on terms of engagement. He doesn't particularly care for the term uh, judicial activism. Uh, he prefers to think of uh, judicial engagement right. or uh, versus... Uh, judicial abdication, uh, and so. But you actually defend using the term judicial activism uh, in its way. Do you do you differ sharply
1: with uh, oh, his no. view of that? No, no, I I agree with that. That what we the biggest problem that we have as far as law is cons- constitutional law is concerned is courts looking the other way. Courts that that I always joke that that the reason why Ju- Lady Justice is blindfolded is because she's using rational basis scrutiny which is the standard of constitutional review that applies to economic liberty and private property rights and all sorts of of central constitutional values. And what I try to argue in my book is for a a philosophical explanation, a legal explanation of why an engaged judiciary is absolutely essential to our constitution. For for one thing, a lot of people say, well, judicial activism is undemocratic. Courts that strike down laws as unconstitutional are, are going against the will of the people. And that's not true the the whole system of our separate checks and balances is the people creating a system to check and balance themselves. And the people in this country choose the judges. Even the federal judges are chosen indirectly by the people the same way that the secretary of state is chosen by the people through the president. And and in fact, a lot of people choose their presidential candidate based on the person's judicial, likely judicial appointees. So the whole idea that judicial activism is anti-democratic and is overriding the will of the majority I don't buy it. For one thing, the majority has no right to violate individual freedom. So if the courts say no to the majority when it violates individual freedom, that's a good thing. How do we turn the tide?  … with respect to judicial activism? You know, turning the tide with regard to that or with regard to the interpretation of the Constitution in general, I'm actually really optimistic about this. I think that what we're seeing is a rising generation of young lawyers who are looking afresh at the idea of constitutional protections for liberty and the assumptions of the past several decades that courts have said – like like Bork or like Justice Scalia saying, well, no, courts shouldn't be in the business of of striking down laws as unconstitutional. I think those those assumptions are being reconsidered now by more and more lawyers and judges, and I'm very hopeful. I think that what we're seeing is a rising generation of lawyers and judges who are much more sympathetic to the libertarian principles that animated the Constitution and that are so well articulated in the Declaration of Independence. When you look at
0: how the Constitution is structured and how – Uh, we have the system of jury trials. We have a system of uh, – that involve grand juries. There are many opportunities uh, when the government wants to convict you of something for a group of people to toss it. That's right. And uh, parallel to that, judges are supposed to
1: be doing that as well. That is to say they're supposed to be a part of that system. That's right. Our system is not supposed to be – a system where where when government wants to accomplish something, it can do so efficiently. The whole system of checks and balance, the whole purpose of having a written constitution is to slow these things down, to make the the political class have to jump through hoops and, and satisfy various constituencies and then to wall certain things off from the majority entirely. There's a great language in a Supreme Court case called Board of Education versus Barnett where the court said the, pur- the whole purpose of the Bill of Rights is to remove certain things entirely from the vicissitudes of political controversy. And the reason why the founding fathers did that was because their primary concern with the Constitution is liberty. The, the first sentence of the Constitution refers to liberty as a blessing. It doesn't say the same thing about democracy. It doesn't say the same thing about majority rule. On the contrary, the founding fathers were very worried about democracy and majority rule. And they wrote a constitution that was designed to put all sorts of roadblocks in the way of democracy for the purpose of protecting liberty. Tim Sandifer is author of The Conscience of the
0: Constitution. You can get your copy at Cato.org.